What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Record Spinner Podcast. I'm your host, Noel. The Record Spinner Podcast, where we discuss all things black vinyl music, artists known and unknown, black music movements, and of course, the best way to listen to music, vinyl. Last week, we answered some questions, and this week, I did receive some more questions, so that's awesome. Um, however, we won't be delving into questions. I'm going to kind of save those until I get enough to kind of make another show like that. It'll kind of be like a a question show, I guess. This show is going to be about an article that I read in the LA Times. Um, a gentleman by the name of Randall Roberts wrote this really decent article um, about how society listens and utilizes music in their everyday life and kind of how it's been lost on us. The actual art form of music has a lot to do with, uh, I think, you know, billboard toppers and, and the, the stuff that we consider good music now, in my opinion. We're not going to get that deep today, though. We are going to talk about some of my recommendations for a thing that he calls deep listening Deep listening is essentially in listening with intent, listening with the purpose of understanding and clearly listening to or watching. So think about how we're intentional about movies, right? We we watch movies and we we have to see every little scene or else we feel like especially a new movie or else we feel like we missed something and we we didn't we we won't quite understand the end or or another scene or what the movie's actually about the same concept applies to music i think it's been lost on us by a few things i think that the dwindling time of songs meaning that you know back when you know back in the olden days when songs used to at least be 7 8 minutes and you know that that would be a radio play song um Things are a little bit more compact now. So a song is, you know, two to three minutes tops. Uh, the same can be applied to albums, right? So we get these shorter albums, these albums that don't really, that try to keep our attention because we have these short attention spans now. The article does a really good job of trying to get people to that place where they can actually enjoy and understand and be at ease and at peace with the music that they're listening to and actually listen to it with the intent of understanding what the art is trying to do and what the artist is trying to convey. That's deep listening. And so I'm going to give you some recommendations for what I feel like are just home run hits for if you are trying to start deep listening to records or any type of music. I'm going to give you five jazz cuts that are sure to do the job. They're all different. They all are different types of deep listening records. But nonetheless, I think the focus is there. If you listen to these records with the intent to understand, I promise you, you will have just as good of a time as if you were out at a club or out on a walk, maybe. Maybe let's you know, set, the, set the bar lower than, than uh, at a club, right? Let, you're out on a walk and you're enjoying the sights. It's fall, right? The leaves are amber and uh, burgundy and yellow. And I think amber is yellow, right? I don't know. But first, 
Of course, we have housekeeping items, as is usual here with the Record Spinner podcast. I want to go through some updates, some general updates about what's going on with the podcast. And of course, some vinyl news and some and a brief recommendation, of course, and uh, some general updates, other updates, too. So let's hop right into that. First, I do want to say that, uh, of course, with all of the support and, and, and love I've been receiving with the podcast, I really, really appreciate that, guys. But now it's time to show up. Clicks are good. The views, the, the listens are great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We recently crossed a monument, 500 downloads. It's awesome, super awesome. But I need a favor, I have a favor to ask of all of the listeners. 500 downloads across 18 episodes is freaking great to me because I came into this with realistic expectations of not breaking the internet or changing the vinyl world even in fact i haven't even put together a good strategy yet of sharing this with my vinyl groups and forums all across the internets i need everyone who listens to share like or subscribe wherever you can if you listen on apple i believe you can subscribe if you listen on any other platform i think you can like or review or comment something like that do that do it i need you to do it if it's a three-star review it's a three-star review i won't take it personal it's what it is maybe this isn't your cup of tea whatever but don't just come and shadow watch i I love all of the support i'm not saying don't watch or don't click but if you're listening to this even if it's for a brief second you can't stomach my voice you can't get through the entire episode just leave a review that says that and then leave <laughs> or or rate the podcast and then leave whatever is honest. I'm not asking you to do anything that's unethical or immoral to you. Simply rate and share if you like it. Share it across your pr- platforms and your network and your community. Because the next bit of news, the next update has something to do with that ladies and gentlemen i am going to get a co-host yes yes i'm going to get a co-host i've thought about it a lot and and i feel like with the type of show that i want ideally it's best for a co-host so of course i want your thoughts on this if you feel like i am enough for your ears let me know email me at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on social media that's instagram and twitter at rebirth of the cool and of course you can check out the website and sign up for the forum and you can do that at the record spinner.com but i am curious to know because The co-host, I think, will be a good fit for what I'm trying to do, but I will need the co-host to, of course, be well-versed in vinyl, be well-versed in black music. They don't need to be a collector, I guess. They could, yeah, preferably a collector, yes, obviously, but they don't need to be. Just a uber lover of music is what I'm asking for. So, yeah, if you know anybody that knows anybody, let them know. (laughs) 
I'm looking for a co-host. I want good chemistry too, so they got to be funny. Anyway, next on the update agenda, um, I think that's it. I talked about the downloads. Um, hooray for that. I want you guys to share, 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 rate, 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 review, 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 all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I did get a question about my system that I'm using. Of course, like all good podcasters who are on a budget, I am using the Zoom Pod Track P4. Um, so my review of that system so far is it's awesome. Um, I have some snafus sometimes when recording and uh, just having an external battery pack uh, with the Zoom product. Um, it it wasn't fully charged once and I lost half of a show. So if I had to review the, the Pod Track P4, I would say that it's a 4.5 and I had to take off half a star because of that very unfortunate event. It was a very good show, by the way. <laughs> Too bad you will never hear it. Anyway, uh, vinyl news or general news, because this isn't too much about vinyl, but the news for today is musical. Um, if you haven't, ladies and gentlemen, go check out the Regina King One Night in Miami film. It's absolutely awesome. You can find it on Amazon Prime, I believe is where it's premiering. Really, really good film. All kudos to Regina King and, and all of the, the actors and actresses involved in that project. I found it to be very good. A very, very good movie. Um, it's about four very predominant black figures of the 1960s era. Malcolm X. Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and of course, the beautiful, sultry voice of Sam Cooke, who I don't think I've mentioned on the podcast at this point, um, but Sam Cooke, actually, yeah, I did mention him on the podcast, the, the episode about my uncle, um, Otis Redding and Sam Cooke were the artists that we used to listen to while driving back and forth um, between my hometown in Southwest Virginia and DC when I was a child. Sam Cooke in this movie, um, apparently the actor is uh, a star of Hamilton, which I haven't, have never seen, don't want to see it, don't need to see it, um, and, and that may lose me a whole bunch of viewers right there, right, but whatever, um, but yeah, he apparently is one of the stars of that, that play slash movie, whatever the hell it is, he did a really good job as Sam Cooke. All of the characters really pulled off the look and the feel of those of those um, characters and figures. Uh, those are some really big shoes to fill. So they did an amazing job with that. The film takes place in uh, Miami, where uh, shortly after becoming the heavyweight champion of the world after beating Sonny Liston, Cassius Clay announces to his best friends or his friends, some of his friends, uh, that he is joining the Nation of Islam. And this is where the brilliance of this film comes into play here. Uh, I think what Regina King did here was try to show a time and a place where black people did not need to be unified by ideology. I think now we see this more so than ever. Uh, back in the 60s and, and even predating the 60s, Black people were unified around a common cause. Now, 
we had different approaches and different viewpoints on how to address this cause. But we were united in the sense that we, were, we knew that we were all we had. We knew that regardless of me being an integrationalist and you being a, a pan-Africanist, it didn't really matter as long as we were getting our asses kicked. We needed to not get our asses kicked, essentially. I think now, of course, there's, there's a lot more subtlety in racism. There's a lot more nuance in racism, even. It continues to grow and flourish as, as society grows and flourishes as well. Or diminishes, however you look at it. I don't know. But I think this film does an amazing job of capturing the fact that these four brothers were unified by the fact that they were brothers. They were unified by the fact that they understand they understood at the time that their voice carried a lot of weight for the entire race. As a student of history, I realized that this was a very important moment in not only American history, but for something we will never get back black history the movie was genius in showing that these four brothers could be so different in their approach to racism and the race question but yet they loved each other they argued they fought they debated as you saw in that in that in this movie you see that there's a few scenes that are very gripping very dramatic high high energy high intensity but they always go back to understanding that we are the voice. We have a platform and we have to use it to uplift our people, regardless of how you see that, regardless of how you do that, execute that. That's what we are here for. Absolutely beautiful job done by the whole the whole cast and the whole staff of that movie. So kudos to Regina King great movie go check it out highly 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 recommend that last thing i'm gonna say about the film was it also it also added a human side to these figures of course movies do that very well nowadays it's kind of like a um a trope i guess in modern cinema is like if you're doing a biopic you want to show the human side of larger than life figures and this movie of course did that it was it's not a biopic right but you know something about figures in history in a time period in which was extremely important really good job of capturing the the jovialness the playfulness the downright silliness of four characters who we know to be very serious so again kudos all around to that project and you should definitely check it out if you haven't already if you have Tell me what you like, liked about the film. Tell me what you thought was the most gripping scene or the most intense scene for you. Um, tell me what your favorite scene was. Uh, my favorite scene was probably the end um, or nearer to the end where um, I think Muhammad Ali and Sam Cooke go off to get a drink and they're approached or they're spotted by like some just like little fans and it just... I could see stuff like that happening. You you heard stories like that all the time about Muhammad Ali and how he was the people's champ for real. Like he would be in the streets of Harlem and in the streets of, you know, L.A. And wherever he went, he was around the people. He wasn't a, a guy who was up in wherever, you know, chilling, hanging out, in a, you know, 
where does Floyd hang out? <laughs> like, I don't know, like the most lavish, you know, hotels and resorts or whatever. He was among the people. That's the that's the end of that. Let's get into the reason why we're all here. And that is to talk more about deep listening today. Episode 19. Deep listening recommendations coming at you. But first, I'm going to take a brief break. I'll be back. Enjoy the music. No ads. Alrighty, before we get into our topic of the day, again, thank you for joining me today on episode 19, huge episode. Apparently, for podcasts, for new podcasts, the thing is that around episode 7 to 10, that's like the truth portion, right? That's the honeymoon stuff, right? And after that, most people give up, I guess. But I'm not a quitter. And this project, I understand, is going to take a while to catch on. It's going to take a while to kind of be become a thing. And and when I say become a thing, I'm not even saying become like the hottest thing. I'm just saying become a thing within a thing, right? Like I know how niche records still are. Um, I know how controversial black art still is, especially among black people, <laughs> which is ironic, right? Um, but yeah. I, I get I get all of that. But I'm not phased by it because I'm in this for the long run. So I'm happy to be here for episode 19 and I'm happy that you decided to join me. It's been a really rough week for vinyl and I that's why I really didn't want to talk about it, right? Like I skipped it because it's been such a hard week with vinyl that I would rather skip it. This past week was probably the most disappointing week in vinyl packages I've ever had in my entire life collecting records. I got a warped record from a seller off Discogs. And to kick everything off at the end of the week, I got a record that I was highly anticipating. McCoy Tyner, Cosmos. It's a compilation LP done by Blue Note. But when I got it, when I pulled it out of the package, I had been duped. The record was Elvin Jones. <laughs> it was crazy. Elvin Jones, I think it was The Four Elements or The Elements. Uh, I can't recall, but I haven't, obviously, I haven't gone back into uh, the record since, since unpacking it because I've been that upset about it. So it's been a really rough week, like I said. But things will get better, right? So... That's my vinyl updates. This week, I'm looking forward to receiving some more stuff from Discogs. Hope, hopefully, um, receiving my stuff from Stone's Throw. Um, some Mad Villainy stuff. Some remixes that I don't have. And what else? I think that's it. I think that's it. So next week, hopefully, I'll have better news um, than I had this past week. So we'll see. 
deep listening. Now, of course, the the author of this amazing article out in in L.A., the L.A. Times, Mr. Roberts, had some really cool things to say or interesting things to say about how we listen to music. And I'll lead off with a quote of what he said about how we listen to music or how we engage with music currently in, in our society, which is, like I said, almost almost 100% spot on. So I, I almost entirely agree with this statement. But it shouldn't be that way. And I'll talk about that after. So Randall Roberts says, most of us are half-assed when it comes to listening to albums. We put on artists' work while we're scrolling through Twitter, disinfecting doorknobs, obsessively washing our hands, of course, and nowadays, romancing our lovers permitted within our COVID-free zones. All things I do while listening to records, for sure. We rip our favorite tracks from their natural, long player habitat, drop them into playlist and forget the other songs despite their being sequenced to be heard in order one of the main reasons i got into or it's not even the main reason i got into records it's just the main reason why i love bodies of work i can't i, can, I will not buy a record i will not buy an apple album if that's what they're called an album for it digital consumption or physical consumption so uh, an, an album a record a tape cassette cd anything off of apple i won't buy it if i don't have more than three or four or five songs i think my limit is like four songs i have to have four bangers on a record for me to be like i'm gonna buy this and this is just kind of the world we're living in right now, right? Like, and so artists kind of, it's a weird snake eating its tail type of concept that I don't know what came first, right? Like the chicken or the egg, like I'm using too many, like I'm using too many, uh, too many animal examples, but it is one of those things where we, we don't know what came first. We just know that now we're in this really interesting moment in history, especially in the history of music, where we're not getting full body projects anymore we can't get a full length lp that's playable front to back because we're too busy worried about the playlist and why are we worried about the playlist because we need workout music or we need reading music or we need cooking music that's me i, I, I need cooking music all the time but the art of deep listening it teaches us it shows us that there's value in the LP. There's value, real value, in a full-length project where you don't have to skip one song in the entire project. It's one of the gifts and curses, I guess, of vinyl. Skipping isn't hard with vinyl, right? You just got to find the groove where the song ends. However, however, if you're a lazy person and you put something on the turntable, you're not going to want to just skip a random song just because. You're going to have to have a real reason to skip that song. And so that's why most of the vinyl I buy, I make sure that all these songs I want to hear. It's a real art form, man. Music. And we don't really 
value it as much as we ought to. And I'm talking about all of us. I, I include it because I'll put on a record and go cook. I'll put on a record and go read. I'll put on a good Eastern sound record and meditate. But deep listening is important. Deep listening is when you're doing nothing else. No meditation, no cooking, no reading. Maybe a drink or a joint, depending on who you are. I prefer the drink, right? But other than that, you're one with the music. You're just as you are if you're at a movie theater or in front of your smart TV watching a movie. You are engaged with the record. It's super, super important. And then again, it's a lost art. But I have five records that if you want to start and you don't feel comfortable with starting with the music that you already enjoy. But if you do, I suggest you start there because all of it's good. All music is good music, especially if it's meant to be consumed. If it's meant for radio play or if it's packaged and marketed perfectly, okay, sure, whatever. Get that shit out of here. But most artists, even the contemporary guys who I don't I don't claim to like or understand, they're putting out work that they want. It's a self-expression. They're expressing themselves. Trying to get other people to understand their perspective. So it's important that we actually do that with intention. I intentionally listen to these records. I deep listen to the following records all the time. Even before I heard of this term deep listening, these records that I'm going to present to you today are records that are made for deep listening, essentially. Records where some of them grab your attention and you don't want to do anything else, while others kind of pull you along almost like a like a good mystery book right like a i don't know any mystery artists or mystery writers <laughs> but it's almost like a good mystery book mystery novel keeps you flipping the pages so let's get started with the five records that i recommend for deep listening if you have any records that you recommend that aren't on this list email them to me at the record spinner podcast I will definitely read them out in response um, and add to this show for sure. Um, in another show, obviously, I'll add to that. Where to start with these five records? I'm going to start from the back here. <laughs> the first record I want to present. Man, this guy. I love this record. I absolutely love this record. The Awakening by the Ahmed Jamal Trio. Now, of course, I love this record because of I love music. I love music, I think, was the sample. It was sampled by Nas and what was it? Um, the World is Yours, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, it was sampled by Nas in The World is Yours, I believe. Um, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Maybe it was the, the Awakening, but I feel like it was I Love Music. Such a great such a great record front to back no skips all dope music now trios are good for that trios are really good to a good place to start you find a good trio that's three pieces of music that's typically a piano a bass 
and a drum. Sometimes it's a piano and a bass or, or jazz guitar. Sometimes they, you know, try to make it funky or whatever. But a trio is a really good place to start. You're focusing on three pieces of music. You can follow the piano. For me, pianos are just amazing to follow anyway. Like, you'll see I have some album. I have some solo piano stuff here in this, uh, in this list. So um, I just love a good piano. A good piano is far is by far enough for me to zone out and enjoy the music and try and follow what the pianist is trying to do so there's no other there's no better pianist than Ahmed Jamal um, Miles Davis called him one of the greatest pianists that he had ever heard so yeah Ahmed Jamal The Awakening great album it comes in number five on a list of the top five deep listening records that I recommend um, number four is hold on my records are falling all over the place here number four on this list is a record that's very personal very near and dear to me it's mingus plays piano spontaneous compositions and improvisations done by charles mingus now charles mingus is known for his bass playing. He is one of the best bass players to ever grace the planet Earth. And also, Miles Davis had a lot to say about Charles Mingus as well. Um, apparently, Charles was quite an intimidating man, um, but Miles Davis did not feel threatened. And he said that a lot of people were was afraid of Charles Mingus. He was a statuesque man, very big and very burly, but Miles wasn't afraid of him. And Miles was small. Miles was like my size. So so I highly, highly doubt that Miles was not afraid of Charles. Well, not in that way. He may not have been afraid of him, like fearful. I'm not afraid of a lot of people fearful-wise. But that doesn't mean I won't get my ass whooped by those people, right? <laughs> like, that doesn't, doesn't translate well, right? Um, anyway, we're not talking about Charles Mingus's boxing ability. We're talking about his playing the piano ability. And this record is kind of what I said just a few seconds ago with all I need is some good keys and I'm good to go. This record personifies that. It's solid front to back. And all it is is Mingus playing the piano, which isn't perfect either. It's not like he's, uh, I mean, he is a trained pianist and he, he did play the piano, but, you know, he's no Ahmed Jamal is what I'm saying. So it's not like it's it's all clear and concise and so like, you know, so so flowery that you can follow it like so easily. But the emotion that he puts in it does make it one of the I think one of the greatest pieces of music that I have in my collection. For the sheer for the sheer fact of, the, again, the emotion he puts into this, you fo you're following this record because you want to see where he ends up. So it's, good it's, it's like a good page turner. A good, solid page turner. That's what it is. That's number four. Number three. And my records fall again. Number three is Dorothy Ashby, Afro Harping. Now, I said before that there are different types of deep listening experiences. This record would be the one that, like, captivates you it grabs you it makes you listen to the entire project it doesn't it's not a page turner per se but it's a head turner per se and that's because it's it's just a really 
weirdly arranged record. First of all, it's, you know, Dorothy Ashby is a harp player, and she's playing the electric harp in this amazing body of work. The harp is an instrument that you don't hear much, so of course you're going to be, your ears are already perked up, right? You're already like, oh, a harp. Like, I wonder how that's going to sound. And I know that, you know, for me, my head goes directly to, you know, ancient Greece and shit like that, right? But no, this harp is groovy. This harp sounds like everything in the 70s, in my opinion. <laughs> but everything good about the 70s, not like the bad stuff. It's 1968, by the way, so it's not like it is a 70s piece. I know I didn't list any of the, the dates for any of the other stuff. I'm going to go back really quickly. Ahmed Jamal Trio, The Awakening is 1970. That's off Impulse. The Charles Mingus record that I just went over, that's another Impulse record, 1960 and 4. Um, again, that's my personal favorite Um it's one of those records I listen to literally like every day for, for like three or four years. Um, and I'm not kidding when I say that. Like it would either be a bedtime, like kind of like get me in that mode where I was focused, focused on sleep. Or it was in the morning when I needed that kind of like pick me up. It, it served as both. It was really interesting how I used that record before. Dorothy Ashby Afro Harping comes out in 1968. It's a cadet record. Awesome. Uh, jazz record label uh, Ramsey Lewis does a lot of stuff on cadet and again like I said it's just a really unique arrangement one of those complete bodies of work that keep you engaged from front to from front to end that's it the next record Number two, number two is a classic. You, you should know that. Everyone should know this record. And it should be on everyone's deep listening tunes as well. It's one of these records that you actually want to concentrate on. You actually want to, like, follow. Kind of in the same light as uh, a Dor the Dorothy Ashby Afro Harpy. This record at number two is A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. This is his 1965 Impulse release. John Coltrane, like I said, needs no introduction on this podcast. If you're listening, you likely know of John Coltrane, the father of spiritual jazz, right? One of the fathers. Was uh, He's highly, highly regarded as one of the greatest saxophone players since, at least since Charlie Parker, Bird. But some put him way above charlie and i'm in that category because you know i don't i don't go that far back with the music and i'll explain that in another show i kind of touched on it before i think but if i haven't i'll touch on it again in, in another show this record is perfect for sunday mornings where you just want to drink your coffee and listen to something you follow this the entire way through and you want to because it's beautiful and it's perfect it's a prayer so I listen to it on Sundays. Coming in at number one. This was not a good idea to have these records stacked up like this. Coming in at number one. Actually, maybe a little controversial, but it's my favorite. So, you know, this is my list, right? So, you know, this is subjective. Billy Parker's Fourth World Freedom of Speech. 
This is 1975, Strata East. You know my fascination and my appreciation and my love for Strata East. This record, though, is a, is a reissue from Pure Pleasure. Um, Pure Pleasure, of course, does a lot of great reissues. And I won't continue to shout you out like this, Pure Pleasure, until you slide over the check. So, you know, just take this note that your days are numbered until I, I'm asking for some guapo. Anyway... Back to the record, Billy Parker's Fourth World is a perfect deep listening record, mostly because of its varying directions. It's one of those records that you're actually going to have to do a little bit of trying to follow, but you're going you're going to appreciate it at the end. This record features Dee Dee Bridgewater, who follows me on IG, and I follow her on IG, and I love her voice. She has one of the greatest voices in jazz music, in my opinion, and jazz vocal. She's one of the greatest jazz vocalists in jazz, in my opinion. Uh, there's very few uh, who could top. Uh, I'm talking about like the greats like Nina and maybe Ella, you know, but not too many others. I put her right up there with those amazing legends and queens. Also, Cecil and ronald bridgewater it was a family affair of course um cecil mcbee is also on this record and donald smith as well and again the range of this record there's some vocal stuff on this record uh, lots of vocal stuff on this record and the vocal stuff has messages man it's just not vocal for vocal sake it's not like you know dd singing about something you know that's off kilter or offbeat about what the, the the music is trying to convey the music is penetrating and penetrating and so is the lyrics the lyrics are penetrating as well uh it's trying to get you as the black listener to understand something i'm not going to tell you what it's trying to get you to understand but it's trying to get you to see something that the artist is trying to paint and ladies and gentlemen that is the purpose of deep listening this record embodies that you're trying to understand the art for what the art is saying not for what the art makes you feel like that's a very surface level reason right and we, and we all have them right like i got into jazz because it made me feel a certain way happy sophisticated smart whatever you get into the music for one thing, but then you have to go a little bit deeper. You have to get into the murkiness of the music. You have to understand that the music isn't supposed to, it's not here to make you feel some type of way. Good it does. That's part of the magic of music. It makes you feel some type of way. But if you're doing it right, deep listening, you're also going to try to pick up a perspective, a different way of thinking, a different way of seeing something. These records personify that. I'll list these records in a description, of course, of the show. But as always, feel free to reach out with me, reach out to me, sorry, with your recommendations for deep listening. I really actually want some recommendations for deep listening. I have a whole bunch of uh, records that I enjoy to intentionally listen to, but I can always use new recommendations. So send those recommendations my way at the Record Spinner Podcast at gmail.com or go to the website therecordspinner.com join the forum chat with me there and lastly of course social media and hop into the dms 
Rebirth of the Cool. That's been my time. Hope you enjoyed this show. Hope you learned a little bit of something. Hope you took something away. Whatever. Let me know if you did. Let me know if you didn't. I'm out.